MutinyRadio.fm is where you're tuned into. Flat Black Plastic is the show.
correlation between the sun.
mostly.
Flat Black Plastic is a show on MutinyRadio.fm. Go to the website, donate, enjoy what you're listening to because all these sounds come from plastic that's flat and black and full of grooves.
self-examination procedures developed by leading cancer specialists throughout the world. These exercises are completely straightforward and should be practiced by all women of all ages and ought not to take more than five to ten minutes every 30 days. A prominent physician in New York State said that it might be wise to encourage high school and college students, girls, to start now with self-examination of the breasts, particularly high school girls. We want to add that there seems to be general agreement also that thermography, which picks up heat and radiation from the breast, is the least accurate type of screening. We want to repeat that. That thermography, which picks up heat radiation from the breast, is the least accurate type of screening. And that self-examination every month is essential for women of all ages.
Flat Black Plastic on MutinyRadio.fm. But it used to be it. Well, it used to be that the stockkeepers worked pretty freely with the mechanics and the foreman. We'd kind of stay close to each big job and, well, be kind of a free agent. Be sure the fellows had the material and tools they needed in time to keep the job from being held up. Hosley pauses before responding, hoping that Maxwell will carry the ball further himself. This does not happen, however. It's uh, different now? Oh, heck, Mr. Hosley, it's no secret that Burquist has made us a bunch of flunkies just like everybody else in the place. All we do is follow steps one, two, three. We sit in our cages and fill out material orders when the foremen say they want anything. It seems that some rather strong feelings have been tapped. Hosley decides to explore, but cautiously. Tell me a little more, then. I'm not quite with you. It's part of the whole reason why I'm leaving. The individual guy just doesn't count around here anymore. Burkus has made us a bunch of payroll numbers, and nobody cares about any of us as persons anymore. On this change in the storekeeper's job, I guess he figures, or somebody figured, that we were wasting too much time by being out on the floor with the men. That isn't the worst part of it. Everything the company has done for the last few months since Burkwist took over has been to make the employee a working stiff who isn't supposed to do anything unless he's told to. The question now is how much data Maxwell has to support his point. Is this really a well-thought-out observation or a superficial complaint? Could uh, you give me some more examples, Len? Well, like the way we used to order stuff before. All three of us in the pump section could order anything we wanted to up to $500 when we knew the job would need it. Now, before we can order anything, if it isn't in the store catalogs, even if it only costs a nickel, we have to get approval from purchasing. manager of marketing research. Doesn't mean as much as it would here, of course, since it's a pretty small department. But still, I have a lot more to say about how we plan our research projects than I have here at Taplow. Barker notes that this last comment was freely volunteered. That is the fact that Stevens would have more say about things. Is this perhaps significant? To get some expansion, he just restates what Stevens said. You'll have a bigger part in running the show. Right. I guess that's something everybody wants. Barker stays silent. This often produces additional information or show of feeling. At least it's something I'm looking for. Barker has the message pretty clearly now. If Stevens wants to expand on the subject, Barker will cheerfully and understandingly stay with him. But there's no point to Barker's keeping it going, since for his purpose, he's had enough of a picture of Stevens' need for power and authority. I see what you mean. Say, Jack, getting back to Taplow, what did you think about the salary we were paying you here?
sideways to right shoulder. Try to lean it over as far as you can. Pucker. 
Fucker. Fucker. Close the lips. Place air in the right cheek. Now switch the air from right to left. Switch it back. Roll the air around in your mouth like you have marbles. Now frown. Relax. Frown again. Either open or close. Relax. Smile. Relax. Smile. Relax. Smile. Relax. Now tangle the face with your fingertips quickly and lightly. These exercises are not guaranteed to produce extreme beauty, but they will add to the youthfulness of
scarcely has it been swept clear when it's once more covered with dry leaves.
Bye, Black Classic people. Thanks for listening. Support the station. Support your community. Do the right thing. Scopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop. Birds, right? On the other hand, geese... Right, they're only crime equally as mean. Ranch dressing, counteroffer even serves meat. Hey everybody, it's high noon. Welcome to Mutiny Radio. It's the AltaCast. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, is on her way. We're here at 2781 21st Street. Give us a call, 415-550-0511, if you want to tell me what's going on in the news. Because, again, I'm not submerged in a barrel of IPA, as per usual. I have been sober 19 days now. Please do not clap. Do not be excited. I still do say the dumb and embarrassing things because now I remember them great wow confronting that I'm always an asshole awesome making terrible life choices or great life choices things are falling apart so what's a bad choice right anyway uh, there's stuff happening in the news I don't know what's going on that's what LaToya will be here for because I honestly haven't been paying attention the only thing I can think about is the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th that's in less than two weeks that's right the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up you can tell LaToya is excited about it party party yeah you made it! Yay! I knew you would because you said things on the Facebooks about liking things. Did you like my weird little poem? I did. Thank yeah. you. I've been yeah. trying to be on the Facebooks more because that way I can post more for the comedy festival. Yes, the comedy festival. Well, we sh- and that's the thing. People aren't. I, I would pay attention to the grams, but I just... The algorithms, I don't understand. I don't know what the kids are doing. These wacky kids, man. I'm hanging out with these wacky kids. It's fine. The reason why, because it's easier to post things, like, on Facebook, I think. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. All I know is that every time I understand a platform, it's gone. Or it's not cool anymore. Now it's all about the TikTok. And I'm like, I can't even. It's like Musical.ly Plus, which is yeah. ridiculous. Oh, those are already plugged in for you, actually. Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I have two songs that I want to play. One is hilarious, and I think you're going to laugh so hard at it. I've been laughing all week at it. Um, it's called Girls Club. It's just by a guy on the internet. It's great. And then the other one is the opening song from this new Netflix movie that I just kind of started today. It's kind of boring, but it's I really like the actress in it. She's the crazy. She's crazy eyes in Orange Is the New Black. Her name is. It's a three-letter first name, like Onka or something. I know you're talking. But she is a badass actress, and the opening song is really amazing. So I wanted to play that too. Um, but other than that, I have no idea what's going on, so I'm excited to find out what happened um, in whatever. I honestly, I'll, I haven't paid attention to anything. That's that's it's healthy. That I, it, maybe it maybe I'm healthier. Yeah. It is healthy. It's. I just like was reading the Huffington Post today. Uh oh. And I had to like put it down. I'm like, okay, I can't. Well, we can go through the Huff Post. We'll I, do it. It's, it's depressing. Well, while we get all this set up, let's, uh, I'll set up this song here. Just uh, press play on that right there. And this is a song from the Miss Virginia soundtrack, and it's really good. Nah, you ain't on a guest list. The way you run your mouth is like you got it, you got it, you got a death wish. Pardon me, but I've been running out of patience Like the red pill, the matrix Now I've been seeing the face shit And I just feel a bit anxious Yeah, I got just so many faces Yeah, I just got so many pages I don't want no affiliation with this here I feel like I'm the only one that's keeping this sincere mm. Possibly I know I occupy your time constantly Just running through your mind, run, running that you running from something to an end We ain't no friends I mean no offense But it makes no sense Why the hell would I Associate with you I've been known win now You've been on lose See I'm living proof Yeah I'm living proof I broke through the roof bitch I used to do I broke out of rules Never lose, nah, don't get me confused On a mission, been facing the opposition They never saw the vision, they must have missed the transition Go call of duty on them, no Activision Turn me a holy, no catechism, only capitalism Faded off a hell of bourbon I ain't swerving till the money, y'all Halliburton Just mad assertive I'll be gone by the time you reach a verdict Lying out of service was missing when I was worthless Yeah Film it, you film it, you film it on 
your phone and you zoom me, you zoom me, you zoom me in the phone. Now you zoom me, you work it, you got it like that, baby. I'm talking girls club, I'm talking girls club. Won't you let me in? Won't you let me in? Won't you let me be a part of this thing, baby? I just want to come inside the treehouse. I just want to come inside your treehouse. You're not allowed, Gary. Why? I just want to be there. It's a girls club, Gary. What's the password? Fidelio? of people having sex in there? No, well, not, it's none of your concern. So there are a bunch of people having sex in there? Gary, I need you to stop looking for answers. They're definitely having sex. Oh, yeah, they're having sex. Oh, I can tell. I can hear it. Yo, they're having sex. And I just know it. I can feel it. Yo, they're having sex. And, and Club, yeah, that was. I knew, I knew you'd love that. There, it's. I think the girls' club. Everybody, look it up. Uh, Latoya's gonna go uh, caffeine, and I'm gonna do a little survey here. I'm excited about it. It was on the Bay Area Comedy Network. This is a comedian survey. We're gonna take it together right now. It says, thank you for participating in my survey. Your experiences as a stand-up comedian and honest responses are crucial in understanding how people process and ultimately heal from pain. The entire survey should take under 15 minutes. But if you need longer, that's okay. No one's judging you. <laughs> Disclaimer, your answers will be used to help form the basis of research being conducted for a book project. By completing the survey, you consent to have your responses included in that data. None of your personal identifying information will be shared or included without permission. All right. Name, Pam Benjamin, age 45. What is your gender identity? I am cis female. Cis female. Okay, here we go. What city is your home base? San Francisco. Oh, let me in. I'm trying to fuck now. <laughs> I think that's so funny. How many years have you been performing stand-up comedy? Eight and a half. Oh, must be a number. Eight. 
Which statement most accurately reflects your level of comedic experiment, experience? The majority of my stage time is from open mics, classes, or bringer shows. I've been booked to perform on non-bringer shows at least five times at a major comedy club. I compete regularly in festivals or have been paid to perform at least five times at a major comedy club. I've been paid to host or feature... Uh, at least five times major comedy clubs and supplement a sizable portion of my income through stand-up comedy. I'm a regular paid feature nationally or internationally and I have a TV credit. I'm a regularly paid headliner and support myself through stand-up comedy. Oh, they only let you choose one. Okay, there you go. How often do you borrow from your personal life to generate comedic material? Five, always. <laughs> when you generate material from your personal life, which themes are most commonly reoccurring? Current or past sexual relationships, yes. Platonic friendships, fam no. Family relationships, yes. Workplace relationships or interactions, no. Religious or political identity, yes. Personal successes, personal failures. There we go. So I'm current or past sexual relationships, family relationships, religious or political identity, and personal failures. I have a whole joke that opens with I am a failure. When you encounter a difficult situation in your personal life, how likely is it that it'll be funny one day? Always. When you have a this will be funny moment, how long does it generally take? Uh, answer, three minutes. <laughs> uh, from what skill set as a comedian helps you process or overcome these uh, confidence? What non-comedic strategies do you use to help process or overcome these? What non-comedic strategies do you use? Uh, drugs. <laughs> do you feel better equipped to deal with these one-day moments because of your comedic experience? Yes. If you answered yes to the previous question, why do you feel that way? I'll answer that later. I mean... What does it make me better equipped so that I'm not suicidal? My God. I mean, if I like looked at my life through without a comedic lens, how happy are you currently with your life, generally speaking? I'm going to go with a four. Oh, they're making you go back to require things. How much does writing or performing jokes about those one-day moments positively affect the underlying I, five? I feel significantly better. If you'd be willing to discuss your answers... In person on the phone, include an email address. Is there anything you'd like to share about how comedy affects your outlook on your one-day moments? Well, I'll get back to the rest of those. But that's interesting that someone's going to be doing a like study of how looking at your life can... I mean, we, it, you have to look through the lens of humor. Otherwise, it's too depressing. <laughs> life, life is too hard without, you know breaking it down and thinking about it I mean if I had any sense of shame at all I, I would be I mean my lord it would my life would be so difficult <laughs> uh, you're listening to the Multicast here on mutinyradio.fm it's the Multicast with Latoya the Sheriff of Truth she's off getting us coffee ooh Kamala Harris in the news here with all white debate, everyone is accountable on black maternal health. Oh boy, that's interesting. Let's go there. Hell yeah. Kamala Harris with an all white debate, everyone is quote unquote accountable on black maternal health. San Francisco, yay! Senator Kamala Harris said Tuesday ahead of a roundtable black maternal health that it is up to the 2020 presidential candidates, regardless of their race, 
or gender to prioritize such issues. HuffPost asked Harris, who dropped out of the race in December, whether she thought key perspectives would be missing from the Democratic debate stage in Nevada on Wednesday, specifically on issues like black maternal mortality, given that all the candidates who qualified were white. Quote, I strongly believe it should not be incumbent on a black woman to talk about black women's issues, Harris said. If you want to be a leader in any field, much less president of the United States, black maternal health should be one of your issues. It should be a priority issue. You should know about it. You should understand it. And you should be committed to dealing with it. And certainly that was the voice I would bring the to the debate stage when I was in the race, Harris added. And I hold everyone accountable, regardless of their gender, of their race, for creating priorities around this. Some of the leading candidates in the race have spoken to the issue of black maternal mortality in their campaigns, including Senators Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Harris, who has championed the issue for years as a senator, reintroduced her Maternal Care Act in 2019, which would direct funds to medical schools and other health programs to carry out implicit bias trainings and give grants to states to implement culturally competent medical home programs for at-risk pregnancies. The senator kicked off Tuesday's event at her Senate offices by reading out what she called a startling statistic. Black women in the United States are three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white women. Yikes. Over two dozen women... Almost all black attended the round table, with several telling personal stories of facing racism in their experiences either as patients or as health care providers and advocates in the field of maternal health. Quote, I had one pediatrician say, you're really great with the teen moms because you used to be one. And I wasn't, said uh, Tanfer Kamara, who is a lactation consultant in Oakland. What I said was, I'm great with all moms. <laughs> Carisha Boyd, who was a mother of four, recounted how she went to the hospital for her last pregnancy and was told she had a tubal or ectopic pregnancy when fertilized eggs grow outside the uterus. She was sent home with medication. Later, she was still bleeding and began vomiting, so she called an ambulance. The ambulance driver told me, they shouldn't have sent you home, Boyd said. I knew it didn't feel right. Once back in the hospital after getting surgery, she was told she was no longer pregnant. Months later, convinced she still was, she went back to the hospital. I ended up having the baby. This is the baby, she said, rocking her baby, whom she was breastfeeding. They thought I was crazy. That's why it's important for Harris's bill to pass. After several women shared their stories, Dr. Nadine Burke Harris, a Surgeon General of California, noted that the U.S. healthcare system is, quote, just like our broader American society, built on a history of racism and oppression. Burke Harris noted that hospitals were segregated only a few decades ago. That's true. I never thought about that. Later, Dr. Stephen Lockhart, the chief medical officer of the Sutter Health Hospital System in Northern California, said he was born at home in St. Louis in 1958 because hospitals were still segregated at the time. Yikes. Harris, who noted that California is a great leader on black maternal health, asked for ideas from the room to improve her legislation. Some women suggested going further than implicit bias trainings and included accountability measures as well as financial impact for hospitals that don't show improvement. Harris said she couldn't agree more and requested ideas for best practices around measuring outcomes. In a similar vein, Warren proposed an idea in April to have medical providers' funding be contingent on the quality of care they give to black mothers. Quote, the hospitals are just going to get a lump of money, and if they bring down 
those maternal mortality rates, then they get a bonus. And if they don't, then they're going to have the money taken away from them, the presidential candidate said. Harris concluded Tuesday's event by saying black maternal health can't just be a fight waged by black women. Everyone has to be held accountable for this issue, Harris said, adding that elections matter. This should not be an issue that is. You should not be telling the stories you just told. This should not be in the year of our Lord 2020, Harris said. Let's all just keep fighting. So did you, black women who have babies are three times more likely to have, um, fatal complications from their pregnancies than white women. Yeah. That's crazy! That's, a, that's one of the big issues that's going on on the, uh, on, on the race. Yeah, that's crazy. I had, I had no idea that yeah. there was uh, a... lot of people don't know, that, which is sad, because this is one of the reasons what goes up. I guess I should talk into the microphone. Yeah, right? There you uh, go. Um, this is why a lot of people... Uh, are pissed off about the healthcare system as well because it's because it's biased it's and racist. Very biased, <laughs> racist, and classist. It's well, it's crazy that the I mean, w- reading this article, one of the women who was they were telling stories, and one of them saying that someone just assumed that she was a that she was a teen mom, saying you're so good with teen moms because you used to be one, and it's like just because you're an African American lady doesn't mean that you were a teen like that's the oh that's like. What a tip! I mean, and and here's the other thing. I always wonder why why do we vilify single moms? They work harder than anyone, and somehow and somehow our government goes, "Well, you're a welfare mom. We should be taking care of mothers who are taking care of children, no matter." what race or and that we vilify them and say well you have to now you have to be a mom which is a job but now you have to work another job so you can't be a mom and then if if something happens with the kids and because the mom's not around because she's working because she's trying to take care of her child like all of these systemic problems I don't think a lot of people that assume that women just want to be single moms is just it's on purpose it's for a reason I think I, I think it's also the evangelicals that feel single mothers are like, oh my God, it's such a bad thing. But um, we vilify the women instead of the men. If we're going to vilify well, anyone, well, vilify the fucking sperm donors. Think about the fact that they, they're they thinking that the women are promiscuous. I think that has or, a little bit of... But, but they, uh, or they don't have access to birth control. See, that's the other thing. Is they like, don't want them to take birth control. So so it's this double-edged sort of like, doesn't make you're sense. damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, and you never get ahead. And plus, single mothers aren't just going around... I mean, it, you, there's other factors to being a single mother. Child, I, I mean, I'm a child of divorce. Parents get divorced. Or the father dies. Yeah. Or the father becomes incarcerated because right. of the three strikes rule that we have in certain states like California. Or the fact of the matter is like something happens to either, you know, the, the father, you know. There's or, so or, there, or there's a lot or of, te- there's a lot of teen mom things where because we don't have like, Enough sex education. I, sex education, and that I, I personally, when I was teaching um, back in the early 2000s, I was teaching kids with emotional disturbance, and they were um, special ed. And I never had girls in my class because it was always boys who would act out. But one time, I had one girl, and she was so. Uh, 
abused and lonely and and everyone had hurt her and she would say I just want to have a kid because I want someone Somebody to, to love, love me, me. And I was like, and she would have sex with guys because she was like, I just want, and she'd be honest with me. And she, she was like, I want love. to be loved. So when she was 11, some guy came by and put speed on her windowsill. And eventually she started sneaking out at 11 years old. So by the time she was 13, she had done so many drugs and she had had sex with so many people because she had a terrible home life and it was an escape and someone was, but this was an, and this guy was like 19 and she thought it was so cool. And she was 11. And so, and then, so now she's 15. This is all, and by the way, this is like in 2000, 99, 2000. So she has a 20-something-year-old. I don't know how old she is now. I mean, but I guess I could do the math, but she was 15. So yeah, she was 15 in 99. So and she 30s. had the baby when she was 16. Oh, so she, yeah, she has a 19, so now 20 she has a yeah kid, and she's 30, 33. Isn't that crazy? And she was one of my students. I don't know. I'm just, I'm hoping she's still alive. Yeah. But, but those are the circumstances. But, and what? she was so... That was it. She wanted, she said straight up, I just want someone to love me. And while you're having sex with someone, it's like, it can be like, feel like, right. And, but if you're a child and anyway, it's really sad. And that was, and that was years ago. Do we, do we train them better now? Is the education system any better? Is it worse? Whose responsibility is it? Like to make sure that originally it's the parents i would hope it's the the parents parents are shitheads see this is why everyone should not be a fucking parent there are too many shitheads in the world like i i watch and i read things all the time about uh children getting abused by their parents or neglected or i was just listening to this story online about the these two uh two boys one was frozen to death because the dad had custody the the uh the eight the boys were eight years old and the they didn't call like they didn't call the mother stepmom and the dad worked for the new uh nypd so he was you know he's already a fuck face um and basically he would abuse them and he would go the kids would go to school with their pants all soiled um oh. one of the teachers said the 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 uh urine came all the way down to his shoes and his shoes were squishing oh. the kids ate out of the car it was just a sad sad story oh oh by the way these these kids were white too so really Let's, let's, wow. let's, 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 let's throw that out there too since you know black people we're the you know we're part of the single mothers constantly wow. around. you know but I think that the, it's the divide is is growing between all, our society is dividing in a strange way in that right now we've got snowflakes we've got rich little snowflakes that are like everything they do is championed they always have a participation trophy they get to run around the restaurant suddenly well suddenly they're in their 20s and they're like, how do I live my life? And and they're, because everything has been given to them and they haven't had to Catered. work for anything. But then that divide is growing and then you have the other side where the abuse is happening and the neglect is happening and they're there, the, there, there's no one there to take care of them. Get the abuse too. I mean, don't get it twisted. The, the, I mean, trust me. A lot of those rich kids, and I'm not making excuses for rich kids. I'm making. Ex- I'm. I'm saying their parents are shitheads. It doesn't matter what class that you come from. You can be born into the wrong family mm. of shitheads. I mean, you would sure. hear about like 
okay for example the kennedys were not a perfect household there was some abuse in that family uh well then the, you also have the problem when people have too much money that there are no consequences exactly so they think they can do anything they want and they can always get away with it right. because they have lawyers or people they can Staff. squash things yeah. they've got political influence so there's the other side of the coin where if something happened and a family was poor that person would be in jail like there's right, no exactly. way to get around it but if you have enough money you can do whatever you want absolutely like you have like the uh, patty hearst the hearst family they're fucked up i mean that family has got some i want to be born into that the gettys one of them didn't the one of them fake their kidnapping back in the 70s because know, he was trying to get attention wow like, like you have all i mean abuse goes in in different classes but you see the difference you know when you have more money you have the expertise to lash out a little more donald jr didn't talk to his dad for a long time because Mm. what he did to his mom Mm. and so he was bartending for a while and he was an alcoholic a lot of them turned to drugs joe biden's son he likes crack wow you're not well i love strip who doesn't love strippers? i mean i like strippers there's nothing one, wrong with he got strippers. one pregnant and try to deny it oh well see you're not supposed to have sex with strippers there's no sex in the champagne room yeah well, you're supposed to but but also sex work is real work and i wish that it would be legalized and then there wouldn't be problems like that because you wouldn't get a stripper pregnant because you would be using condoms because it would be regulated and you'd put the towel it'd be just like amsterdam like no glove no love unless i guess maybe maybe if you're paying more or i don't know i don't know Never mind. The, the, I don't know the, anything about sex work, so. The, the point is, these kids are fucked up because mm. of the abuse. And also, neglecting your children or not spending time with your children is a form of abuse as well. Sure. 